This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Paul Eichmann was my college Hebrew professor. He was a Hebrew scholar, all right? Uh, He was a no-nonsense, kind, humble kind of guy. And for the most part, when the bell rang, class started, and we were right in to the Hebrew, okay? But every now and then, every now and then, he would begin class with a story that we could relate to all too well. And so one morning, the bell rang, and Professor Eichmann began, guys, have you ever found yourself in a situation where it's been like a, a week or maybe even more since you last prayed? You know, you got busy in life, you got distracted, you were doing important things, and and one thing led to another, led to another, and you hadn't even realized that you really hadn't prayed, but then something came up, and you found yourself in a bind, and you know you needed to go to God, and it was then that you realized, my goodness, it's been a long time since I prayed to God. He says, what do you think God was thinking when you found yourself there? What were you thinking? Did you you go to God kind of sheepishly and go, yeah, I hope you're going to listen to this? He said, you know what God said when you went back to him in prayer? He said, oh, it's so great to hear your voice. I've missed you so much. This morning, we're continuing our series, Let's Be Real, and we're going to talk about prayer, what it is, and why sometimes even the most devout Christians struggle with prayer. So this morning, our working definition of prayer is going to be this. Prayer is a heart-to-heart talk with God, okay? That's our working definition. So with that as the definition of prayer, how's your prayer life? How much time did you spend in prayer this past week? An hour or more? 30 minutes to an hour? 15 to 30 minutes? Five minutes to 15 minutes? One minute to five minutes? Or maybe a few seconds here and there, or or maybe kind of like that college Hebrew class, and it's been a while. Well, whether you're a Christian or not, maybe you've heard some of these sayings I'm going to share with you now. And these sayings, whether you realize it or not, these are found in Scripture, okay? And so here's the first one. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The second one is is even more common. We see this second one all over the place. We're talking about T-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, wall hangings, and stuff like that. And that is pray continually. And you know what? If you're a Christian and you hear those passages, those passages probably a little bit concerning to you, right? Uh, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, and you're going, oh my goodness, I I pray and and nothing really seems to happen, so I must not be one of those righteous people. 
Or you see the words pray continually and you go, well, you know, boy, I, I pray, you know, maybe an hour or more a day, but continually, that's far different. So let's dive in and let's get real about prayer and about our hearts. So let's be honest. One of the stumbling blocks we have with prayer is we wonder, does this prayer thing really work? Because we pray and nothing happens. Or we pray and the opposite of what we pray for happens. Or we wish for something, we never get around to praying for it, and it happens. Or we pray for it, and it happens, and we wonder, what's it going to happen anyway? So sometimes we struggle. Does this prayer thing really work? We wonder if our, if our prayers kind of go up and, and get stuck on the ceiling there and never make it to their final destination. Maybe it's, it's like a helium balloon. It goes up, but, but then in time, the helium leaks out, and it comes floating gently back down to the ground. Or maybe you even think of our, our prayer sometimes as like just blowing up a regular balloon and then letting it go, and it goes, and it falls to the ground. Does it really work? One of the struggles that we have with our prayer is, is we expect that the answer to every single one of our prayers is supposed to be yes, Right? And so we, we talk about it this way, uh, God didn't answer my prayer, because we were expecting the answer yes, or demanding the answer yes. Another struggle that we have with prayer is that prayer takes time, and our lives are just super busy. And it takes time. One of the reformers, Martin Luther, years ago said, I'm so busy that I have to spend my whole morning in prayer before I get going. That's crazy, right? Whole morning in prayer? You're busy? On my phone and probably on your phone as well, there's a little tracker that will tell me how long I spend on my phone, right? Okay, And it's a tattletale because it knows exactly how much time I spent and where I spent it. And, and so, for example, this past Wednesday, I looked at it, and it said that I had spent an hour and 57 minutes on, and, and Thursday, it was 53 minutes. And, uh, you know, for some of you, you're going, well, that's a long time. And, and maybe for some of you, you're going, man, he really doesn't use his phone very much at all. Uh, well, I want you to know that if you're in that last category, uh, I want you to know that I checked my phone early on Wednesday morning and early on Thursday morning for that hour, 57 and, and 53 minutes. And usually I get going later in the evening. In fact, this morning, while we're singing the first song, my phone sends me this alert and says, you've averaged four hours and five minutes uh, a day on the phone. Yeah. And, and it said, too, that, you know, you spent an hour and five minutes already this morning. on. I'm like, I haven't even been up for an hour and five minutes this morning. It's a tattletale. But our phones, right, they're super useful. They can be immensely helpful in a whole lot of different ways. 
But let's be honest. A lot of times we get distracted by them too. And we spend way too much time on them doing frivolous things, right? And yet we're, we're overbooked, we're overwhelmed, we're overstressed, uh, we're full of anxiety, and to spend time in prayer, wow, that seems so counterproductive. Another one of the reasons that, that we struggle sometimes with prayer, and I don't know where this began, but, but for so many of us, we think that we have to say the right kind of words. They've they, they got to be, if not flowery, they've got to be eloquent words, you know, for it to count as a good prayer, right? And so we begin to pray, and we're praying, and, and we're going on to the next thing that we want to pray about. We're just trying to think, okay, what are the right words? What are the words that I should use to, to pray about this to God? And we get distracted by that, right? And, and suddenly we start to think about our agenda and, and what's for breakfast. And the next thing you know, we're chasing after one rabbit after another, right? About the meetings that are coming up and the things that we've got to do. We hear a kid in the background or a song comes to mind or the TV show or like the music team this morning is trying to prep and they're praying, but I don't know that. And I walk out and I go, hey, Nancy. So I call out to the tech booth and it interrupts prayer. We just kind of get lost in it all. So here's the bad news, okay? And it just, just hang with me because I know bad news is no fun. I'll get to the good news. Here's the bad news. Our problem, our struggle with prayer is not a prayer problem. Some of you are going, I thought you said this is going to be bad news. <laughs> I'm pretty excited that I, I don't have a prayer problem. See, it isn't a prayer problem when we don't pray. It's a heart problem. It's a problem of idolatry. You see, when, when we struggle with prayer, it's usually one of two things, pride or entitlement on our part, or that we're not really convinced that God is going to bless us anyway. And so when we don't pray, you know, we, we're in our lives, we have so much to do, and we just figure out that it's going to be our strength, our willpower, our knowledge, our skill that's going to get us through. We're going to be able to do it just as, as well as God would if he would intervene or not. And so we kind of think we're in control. So if you think it's about you and your time and your talent and your ability and your power and, and all of that, guess what? You are always going to be overwhelmed, overtired, super busy, anxious, and not find any time for prayer. But if you're like Jesus, who knew that he couldn't do life all on his own, no matter how busy you are, no matter how tired you are, no matter how stressed or full of anxiety you are, you will always find time to pray. See, most approaches to guide our prayer life skip over this heart issue, and they just go right to behavior modification. 
Uh, in other words, it's living under the law, it's legalism. And, and you'll know what that sounds like when I share it with you. It sounds like this, you should pray every morning before you get out of bed. You should pray before every meal. You should pray before you go to bed at night. You should really have a prayer journal. And all those things are good enough, but all those things are living under the law and they're about behavior modification. And that might change the way we live a little bit here or there. It might even change the way we live for the rest of our life, but it will not touch our heart. Only the good news of Jesus touches and changes our hearts and brings about transformation. See, here's the good news. Prayer is not about doing, it's about being. It's about being in a relationship with God who loves you far more than anyone else. So here, this is how this plays out, right? The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, and you guys can fill in the blank, Lord, teach us to teach. No, that, that's, that's not what he said, right? Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to do miracles. No, that, that's not what he's, you know, they said, right? Some of you got it, right? Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you pray. He said, our Father. And he goes on and shares with them and you and me the Lord's Prayer. And unless I forget it in a sleep-induced coma later today, we will Pray together the Lord's Prayer. But he said, when you pray, pray our Father. See, the, the Hebrew word for father there is our English word for daddy, for dada, like a small child going to their father, daddy. See, it's about relationships. I was doing campus ministry at Marquette University. I met up with one of the students, Alexandra. I'd known her for a number of years. Going back, we went out to eat. We were at Qdoba, and she goes, do you mind if I pray? No, that's okay. And, and she prays, hey, Dad. Some of you have heard me pray that way here before too, right? It's about relationship. I love it. You know, you can, you can call, you know, God, God, Father, you know, Triune God, Jesus, you know, but dad works too. When my mom was, was hospitalized here a month ago and she's on her deathbed, I was just right there with my heart going, oh, dad, oh, dad, take care of my mom. Oh, dad, oh, dad, I love my mom. You see, it's about relationship. It's not about doing, it's about being. Sometimes prayer is so hard for us because, again, instead of making it about relationship, we make it about something that we're supposed to do. But it's about relationship, a relationship that God started 
did the first move, the second move, the third, and so on. Prayer is not something that we do because we have to do it. It's something that we get to do, and it's so awesome to do. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We can pray in confidence because prayer is like a kid going to their daddy. Now, I know that some of you have had dads that have been absent or abusive or all those things together, but I just want you to know that your heavenly father, your heavenly daddy is greater than the greatest earthly dad because he absolutely has no flaws. And so just as like a two-year-old child goes into their to their daddy with this toy they can't figure out and just hands it to dad because dad's gonna be able to figure it out. So also you and I can go to our heavenly father with all of our hurts, with all of our struggles, with all of our temptations, with all of our pain, with all of our issues, with all of our hopes, with all of our dreams, with all of ourselves and just trust him because he knows how to make it work. Jesus again said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The verbs ask, seek, and knock are in the present tense. That means they're ongoing, that we keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. They're not like some of the college basketball players that are really good. One and done, right? We keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. You want one of those little things that maybe will help you remember it. If you look at the first letter of ask and the first letter of seek and the first letter of knock, you have A-S-K, ask. And Jesus goes on, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? We can pray confidently because we know that our daddy will only give us something that is helpful. He will not give us anything that is not helpful. And Jesus goes on, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. We can pray confidently because we know that our God will only give us something, again, that is helpful, not hurtful. He will not give us anything that is harmful. He will give us a walleye, but not a water moccasin. And Jesus says, if you, though, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We can pray confidently because our daddy in heaven will only give us what is best. See, God's not like some genie in the bottle or some lantern thing. And then he's supposed to do exactly what we ask. No, he loves us too much for that. He's not going to give us something that's harmful or hurtful. And so sometimes he will say, no, that is the answer. 
Sometimes the answer is yes, but not now. A delayed response doesn't mean he hasn't heard you. One last thing, too. Does God know our prayers before we even pray them? Sure he does. So why pray? Because it's about relationship with your daddy. Paul Miller, in his book, A Prayer Praying Life, says, learning to pray doesn't offer us a less busy life because if you love people, you'll be busy. It offers us a less busy heart. By spending time with our Father in prayer, we integrate our lives with his, with what he is doing in us. Our lives become more coherent. They feel calmer, more ordered, even in the midst of confusion and pressure. One last thing that I think is super, super cool. Do you know that God prays for you? In John chapter 17, it's the night which Jesus is betrayed. It's the day before he's going to be crucified, and he knows all of that, all that pressure, all that stress, all that weight of the world's on his shoulders, and he's praying for you. 2,000 years ago, God was already praying for you. This is what it sounded like that night as he was praying with sweat like drops of blood in the intensity. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. God was praying for you to come to faith long, long ago. And we go through tough times. We go through struggles. We go through pain. God prays for you. In Romans chapter 8, it says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. How comforting is that? How loving is that? God prays for you. Because you see, God knows that prayer is about relationship with you. Let's pray. Hey, Dad, thank you for speaking into our lives through your word. Thank you for taking the time to pray, to pray for us. Thank you for listening to all of our heart's beats and our talk with you. Thank you for giving us only what is good and best. Thank you for holding us up when times are full of distress. Lord God, we ask that as we move forward now in life, that you fill us with you and that you would lead us to desire a greater and greater relationship with you and that we would come to you no matter who we are, no matter what the situation is, like a little kid to their dear daddy trusting that you got all this together and that we're safe with you. In the powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.